0: Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Go.
1: Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel, and sitting across from me is... Mike Sutherland. Yes! <laughs> and we are here at Sin Movie Reviews. Uh, this week is our King Arthur, Legend of the Sword... King Arthur! ...episode. We're going to talk about that fine piece of Guy Ritchie work. Uh, our flicks of the week is going to be for me... The 2009 Jared Hess directed Gentleman Broncos. <laughs> exactly. That's the look. That's the look. you like, what the fuck? Exactly. That, that's why I wanted to talk about this movie. <laughs> and then yours? Uh, Modern Problems. What? That sounds familiar. Chevy Chase. Okay. I was watching it last week. All right. All right. That's better than the, it, two episodes into Fargo. <laughs> like, I saw a couple episodes. I want to talk about those. I'm just being a dick. All right. <laughs> so... All that and more. What? I almost said a, t- a couple of I knew of, exactly uh, what you were going to do. And That's I, why I just stopped. Like, I was like, you know what? Let's have an awkward pause. All right. Take it away. You didn't say it. I, I know, because it would have been wrong. No, you, you didn't even say
0: it at all. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> all that and more and a couple of hours, Joe's. Take it away. <laughs> Johnny. All right. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime meanwhile I don't 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 don't. 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 all right let's do it Mm -hmm. so uh, yeah we went and saw King Arthur uh, Legend of the Sword Mm -hmm. and (laughs) Mike what did you think about that movie fuck you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 know, I know i was giggling about saying that to you like the whole half hour before we started recording this episode because it would just keep popping in my head like how am gonna start to show off <laughs> I, I, I know i know exactly what you're going to do so i wasn't worried about it hey, go fuck yourself yeah fuck off you fucking fuck so i made sure that i got plenty of sleep this time because I, I don't i've been having this trend lately of there's a lot of movies that we go to and we always see late night, you know, versions or, you know, after 7. And cuz that's usually when, you know, these these day before showings come out. And I I was fully awake for the whole showing of uh King Arthur. And I'm glad I was because I could totally see this being <laughs> another uh assassin's creed or something where I fell asleep and missed the whole entire movie or that shit happened to me with uh, How to Be a Latin Lover. And it wasn't because the movie sucked. It was just I was just fucking tired. Right. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just the inactivity of having my back messed up for workers comp. Is, is just making me feel more groggy or something too. But regardless, I I saw this whole movie from start to finish. Um, this movie, you know what's funny to me? I'll, I'll get into the movie in a second. This is, this is related to the movie. Wow. Okay. Hollywood is, is, or I'm sorry, the media is falling more and more into a predictable trend. I know it, it's been there for a long time, but it, it, there's these things that just everyone—it's—it's it's become blatantly obvious because now that newspapers are dying all over the country, and now you have this instant news reporting. Well, people are so you know desperate to get out their article first that they'll just they'll they'll fucking pretty much cut and paste, you know. Um, uh, uh, just a headline and turn that into a whole article Um, th- with this movie alright this movie was made on a $175 million budget Um, in its first weekend it made it's made like 10 we're, here it made like it was like 15 to 17 million in its first weekend and I, then, I was just guessing and then yeah it came out and I think it was in second place behind Guardians of the Galaxy which had like 60 something million right um and then overseas, where it has not released in half of Europe yet, um, which you know it's going to be big in Britain, right? Regardless of what the reviews or anything. Um, it, it, it like opened only 5 million in China. And everyone's like, well, if it opens shitty in China and the United States, this movie's going to flop. So everyone has instantly labeled this movie as a box office bomb. Now, for, for argument's sake, I could... I could see it probably will be because if the movie costs one hundred and seventy five million to make, it probably cost after marketing and all that other shit, it probably cost closer to three hundred or more. So um this movie has to make a ton of money back to even break even. So the fact that it's first weekend worldwide it only makes forty six million or something like that or close to that. this movie's probably not going to um earn its money back, but that's not my problem, okay. Movies flop. Movies do great. Movies break even. It, that doesn't. That's not what bugs me. What bugs me is, it was like everyone, everyone from every media outlet, social media outlet, um, you know, movie review site or whatever, they were just so ready to jump on, onto this movie and talk shit about it. I mean, we came out of the theater, um, seeing this movie on, on you know the day before it came out, and there was already. Uh, before we even left the theater, there was all these articles about about David Beckham's um, cameo, like it was this huge horrific casting, right? by By Guy Ritchie. Why would Why would he put you know uh, David Beckham in here and and have David Beckham just murder the dialogue of this movie, which right? he didn't. But he didn't. Yeah, exactly. He, he had like two lines, and it it was nothing. It was nothing great. It was nothing bad. It was just it it was what it was. And that that bugs the shit out of me because this look this movie, and I don't feel sorry for the makers of this movie. They fucked up in whatever way they fucked up. That's not my problem. That, that you know they're the they're the multimillionaires. They're the billionaires that 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 fund all this shit. So <laughs> bad investment. But um, I my problem is is that jumping onto the bandwagon of hate, the same exact kind of hate for against the movie is it to me it just seems like petty weakness you know it, it it's like they, they 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 all jumped onto this just so that they had something to talk about first so they all jumped into the oh the first box office bomb of 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 you know of 2017 even though like monster trucks was a was already a huge bomb you know from the beginning of the year right um it, it, it just it bugs me i don't like that trend i don't like the fact that everyone is ready to just destroy this film because this movie the, this movie is look was it a week before we saw this the movie was getting like a i think it's it debuted on rotten tomatoes with 11 approval rating uh-huh uh, today it's um it's gone up to 26 percent which isn't bad i mean usually if a movie comes out it and it's already at that low it's gonna get lower but at least this thing came up to one out now one out of four critics like the movie um this is not a bad movie. Um, it's got problems, and those problems that 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 end up overall hurting this movie for me, um, they keep it for me pretty much ever never wanting to see this movie ever again, and that sucks. But this movie still shouldn't be getting as much haze as it it's getting. I don't know if, if I don't know if you give a shit about it or not, but um, I, I just I don't like that. I don't like that trendy. Uh, double teaming shit you know does that make sense sure <laughs> all right so regardless of 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 you know box office predictions and all that shit uh this movie what the, i'm gonna just tell you what I, I like about the movie what i think works with it what i like is if you go back to say 2004's king arthur with clive owen uh i don't remember shit about that movie i remember that there were a couple highlights in it that were good like i think there was a huge battle on a, on a lake of frozen ice frozen you know f- joe just say a frozen fucking lake there you go so there's this huge battle on a frozen lake and it was cool because it was like i don't think i've ever seen that in a movie before that i can i can recall you know and and there was maybe one or two other things but i don't even remember what the fuck they were but when i rented that thing back in 2004 when there was nothing to see during that year, when you were renting shit, it was like fucking Van Helsing and, and fucking Napoleon Dynamite, and there was nothing else to fucking rent at the time, right? No, yeah, there wasn't much. Yeah. And well, Napoleon Dynamite is a different story, which is funny. I didn't even mean to bring that one up, but <laughs> you know, same director as my flick of the week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there was not a lot to see that year, and King Arthur was like, oh, fuck it, I'll rent it because I've never been a fan of the King Arthur thing. I don't know why. You know I, I had some smart ass reasoning why in my movie review for uh, for this movie but um, I, I don't know I just never got into it and I even had a friend of mine um, like over a decade ago he um he loaned me his copy of Excalibur from like 1980 or 81 because um, it had the guy who was also um, a, it was a Clausiostro or whatever the fuck his name was from uh, Spawn in the Spawn movie from 97 that same Cogliostro. actor Cagliostro um, that actor was one of the main characters in Excalibur and so I was like, okay, I'll watch it finally. Because like, Yo, what, what, what? You haven't seen Excalibur? I'm like, no, I haven't fucking seen it. All right, well, I want you to see it because it's fucking great, right? You know. And so I watch it, and I, I, dude, I don't even remember if I finished it. I, I got it was fucking boring to me.
0: Well, that's because you suck.
1: I, apparently, I must suck because i
0: you are an awful human being. There's for a, a lot, lot of
1: yeah. There's a lot of people <laughs> that love Excalibur, and. You know, I I, look. I try to give. If you don't like it, you don't like it. There are parts
0: about it that I don't like, and one of the things I don't like is this, the the Vaseline on the camera feel, where
1: where everything seems to be shimmery. Okay, even the greens. Holy shit! I didn't even remember that, but now I can I can I can totally picture it. You're right. Yeah, I think that was annoying. Yeah, it. But I, I mean, I heard Excalibur is a classic and you know it's but the same thing with you know going to even Monty Python i think the only time that you know i i think i really grew up watching monty python so now i don't know maybe it's lost its context or something I mean, because look at the shimmer uh, yeah i i just i don't See? know i didn't get into it and everything had like a green glow to it it seemed like when if if, if monty python ever occasionally popped up on tv um you know in sacramento where i grew up um it would always be the only scenes that would grab my interest were when it would go to an animated thing where, like, Hitler, Hitler's boot stomps on some guy's mouth and his mouth is flapping like a Canadian from South what? Park or something, right? The one, of those goofy animated scenes that it would happen on Monty Python, you know, and it, just stupid things. Th- those, I'm was, just
0: trying to figure out where you got Hitler from.
1: I think that the? they, they might have done a Hitler one, you know, you know or something, and it, it like eats someone, eats something, or you know, it. it it's stupid this stupid animated shit that they did it was funny that caught my imagine, you know my attention but the rest of it I don't know I just never got into it you're actually gonna look it up
0: <laughs> there's plenty of Hitler sketches I know
1: just... I don't know uh, I, I'm just I, animation I think it, there was one I, I just anyway but you know what I'm talking about how they had little mini skits of animations right I think it just where it was like cut out animation where it just have characters with big heads and big mouths and Doing weird shit. Um, Anyways, but the <laughs> sailor with a banana. Show <laughs> me. Um. Oh. Not seeing it. Ah, eh, whatever. It wasn't then. It, yeah, but yeah. It, whatever. Right Fucking there. there. Oh, there we go. Um, I don't know if that's from Monty Python though. But that's yeah. Monty Python. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh yeah i just i've never gotten into the to the i mean what's weird is you think that a tale about merlin and and you know the sword and the stone and and all this magic and and knights of the round table and all this stuff you think that it would be fascinating to me and but but for some reason it just never was i i don't get it now the allure of the sword out of the stone is pretty fucking cool but i but i don't know maybe like i said in my review is that maybe just the the shitty or the the lackluster movies based on King Arthur that I've seen just didn't do it for me, and it just didn't ever grab my interest. I didn't even mention the review of the Sword in the Stone animated film from, like, 63. That was, I think, boring as fuck, too.
0: Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony.
1: <laughs> See, you love that.
0: Listen, strange women lying in pawns distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah. Dennis. Um, Those are Dennis quotes. See? Dennis. That's his name.
1: What's the actor's name?
0: Uh, Michael Palin. Okay. Michael Palin played Dennis. Help, on being repressed. Shut up. See the violence inherent in the system. I used to do that all the time when somebody said, shut up to me. I got to start doing that again.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: Um. Oh, I I want one more quote. Yeah, from Dennis. Oh, King, eh? Very nice. And how do you get by? How do you get that, eh? By exploiting the workers, by hanging out, hanging on to outdated imperialistic dogma, which perpetuates the economic and social differences in our society. If there's ever going to be a, any progress, dot dot dot. <laughs> that was from Monty Python in the seventies.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that the reason why this one grabbed some of my interest was. Uh, I mean, at first, when you look at the trailers, there's not really anything anything new that's shown in the trailers that that stands out more than, say, Lord of the Rings or, or I don't know, I don't want to say Kingdom of Heaven because I fucking hated that movie, but other you know epic tales, right? right. I, I usually
0: stayed away from all the uh, the uh, um, bad King Arthur movies. Yeah, you know anything. Kingdom of Heaven or whatever else. Yeah. And I saw bits and pieces of it here and there. But for the most part, it was just like I, I'm not interested in watching that shit because it's the same story. Oh, it's like watching the origin of Batman yeah. or Spider-Man over and over and over again. Yeah. get a little old, It gets a little old.
1: Yeah. So we, when we get to this movie, I had some interest because, of course, Guy Ritchie's doing it. Uh, and I like, I've been a fan of Guy Ritchie's ever since, uh, Snatch, you know, I saw Snatch before I saw <laughs> Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Snatch. Barrels and I, you know, I've been a fan of most of his movies that he's come out, especially when he, he didn't have the huge mainstream movies like, that he's doing now, like the Sherlock Holmes, um, you know, the, the man from uncle and then this, um, you know, before when he was doing Snatch and, uh, and rock and roll uh, stuff like that. Um. I, I love the the style, his his editing style, his his just the energy of it, the dialogue. You know, it's just constantly popping, and and the way he gets his actors to just deliver. Even look at Jason Statham, how he got Jason Statham to become an actor in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. You know, the guy was just a, an Olympic swimmer or whatever, right? Or Olympic type swimmer. He was a diver. Yeah, and I mean the guy wasn't much of acting, and 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 Richie. You know, got him involved, and, and he got him to just be natural and shit, just to be himself. And then next thing you know, look at superstar, right? Yeah. So, uh, Guy Ritchie is—he's a good director. He's had a few flops, you know. I mean, there's been a little nepotism with the, you know having the wifey do the do that one movie, you know, swept away that no one ever wants to talk about, right? Um, but the guy's still—he's he's got a unique style to him, okay. Um, and so when I found out he was doing this movie, and I, I I had I was interested. You know, I I had some, I got some, you know, hold back on it because, you know, for example, uh, the sequel to Sherlock Holmes, you know, Game of Shadows or whatever, that one is still not good enough for me to finish to this day, you know. Um, uh, What else? I, me, in my personal opinion, I I, I know, I don't, you probably, you might even disagree with me on this one, but this bugged me. Um, In 2007, he had a movie, um, you know, that he made in England or overseas, called Rock and Roller. and at the end of the credits of Rock and Roller, there's this thing where it says you know coming soon the you know the real Rock and roller. and it was supposed this whole thing was supposed to be a trilogy and the first movie it sets the bar pretty good it's got Tom Hardy in it it's got uh, Gerard Butler Idris Elba and a bunch of other actors um, Tandy Newton and and uh, and the, the show it pops off it's it's like almost as good as Snatch and uh, I don't look. I haven't. I've tried to look up every once in a while why the, he still hasn't done it. But I mean, just look at his di- his his pedigree, man. He once he did Rock and roll, he jumped into the big time. Uh, you know, mainstream movies with with Sherlock Holmes. And ever since he did Sherlock Holmes in two thousand nine, that's all he's been doing is mainstream, big big movie shit. I, and and I think personally, <laughs> and I might be in the minority here, but. I want to see him finish the goddamn rock and roll trilogy. Okay. Because, oh, it had Toby Kebbell in it. This is the first thing I saw Toby Kebbell in. And he plays the rock and Roller, the main character and he's fucking great in it. He plays a fucking energetic crackhead. You know, how many times can you root for a crackhead in the movie? And you don't usually, but in this movie you're like, this is a bad motherfucker. So I, th- part I think of, of this movie sucking is because Guy Ritchie is cursed <laughs> that, that he's not making his rock and roll trilogy. No. I, <laughs> I know this. The, the movie doesn't suck. It's no. not great by it, yeah. any
0: you know, means of the imagination. Yeah. The problem with the movie is just like with his other ones. The other, let's just, we're only going to go with Sherlock Holmes. Uh-huh. Okay. Nothing, I don't know what he's done between Sherlock Holmes and then uh, the game. The, the Sherlock Holmes and then the sequel and then this one. Man from Uncle. He did the Man from Uncle. Yeah. Okay. I because we I like that movie. Yeah, we both liked it. So, excluding the Man from Uncle, yeah, these movies that are set about in England generally have this grayish pallor to them. Yeah, and that's part of my problem with this movie is that gray wash. <laughs> you know, it's there. Well, does like it's, there's
1: always a fire off off camera or something? Right?
0: No, like there's always so it's always smoke. It's like Seattle. Gray. It's always raining and gray. Uh-huh. And I don't think that represents everything very well. But look, you know, I'm just one man, you know, an entire world of men. <clears throat> and when it comes to Guy Ritchie's movies, I like the majority of them, you know. Yeah. It's it's not even because it's not a 50-50 thing. This is like a 90-10 thing. Yeah. Like the only one I didn't like was, and, and not because of anything else other than the story was kind of lacking yeah. was the second Sherlock Holmes movie.
1: Yeah, that one. And that one, you could tell was rushed. Yeah, it they felt rushed. They absolutely rushed it because the setup to uh, Moriarty in the first movie was great. Right. He was always in the shadows, right? Yeah. Then they finally get to it and they, they immediately show you who Moriarty is right at the beginning of the movie. Right. And even though I like um, uh, Richard Harris's son, who plays him, I can't remember the guy's name, Sean Harris or something, um, I like that actor. He was the bad guy in, um, in Fringe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I didn't know that was Richard Harris's son. Yeah, and he was also doesn't look like I, I, for, I didn't like know him. this, but he played William Hurt's older son in um, in the Lost in Space movie when they when they go into the future. Oh, okay. And everything's doing, I was like, I didn't know right. that was him, but it was. Um, I like that actor, Jared Harris's name. Jared. Right. Um, and for them to have someone like him, a caliber of actor as him, and he's got care, he's got charisma, to have him in something like that, for him to not give you the, the, the Moriarty chills, you know, like say the Moriarty did on the Sherlock show with uh, Cumberbatch, then there's a problem. And Or the original show. Yeah. With... you um, talking about Basil Rathbone? Yes, thank you. My, my mom loved that. I used to... Every time I used I to I watch it all the time. I used to, I, If I found a DVD that had the Basil Rathbone homes on there, I would and buy them for
0: it. The Hound of the Baskersville, that one in particular, yeah. was yeah, that one fucked with your head huh. because you were, it, it was one of those things that it was like a waiting terror. Yeah. You never knew what it was going to happen. And, um, you know, applause to the people that made that movie or yeah. TV series or whatever you want to call it. But the Hound of the Baskervilles is one of the best Sherlock Holmes translated to movie, uh, uh, adaptations I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but getting on to, getting away from Sherlock Holmes, because we're not talking about that anyways. <laughs> um Most of Guy Ritchie's stuff is very colorful and enigmatic. And then these those these three movies that you want to group together, I call them the London movies, because Guy Ritchie really likes fucking blowing up shit on a <laughs> London bridge. Yeah, and or or watching it being rebuilt or built or whatever. Uh-huh. But with,
1: with <sighs> maybe secretly IRA.
0: with the king arthur myths he is doing a huge disservice to all of it he starts off with vortigan Mm -hmm. and and who you said was only a footnote right yeah he's a footnote in the history of of the king arthur tales um this is a little bit of background of arthurian legend um Vortigern came to power in Britain, and it varies possibly around four twenty-five, perhaps four forty to f- to four forty-five. He may have been a high king. Vortigern or Vortigern may have been a title, and um, that it's not a name. Even his origins are disputed, according to the available sources, which are few. He was a weak man of little character, possessing few redeeming personal qualities. Um, some support. For this view is lent by Geoffrey of Monmouth in his 12th century history of the kings of Britain. In it, Geoff- or Geoffrey, if you want to say that, tells us of a uh, King Constantine who had three sons, Constance, Aurelius, and Ambrosius, the Ambrosius uh, Aurelianus of actual history, and Uther Pendragon, okay?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Constance, Aurelius, and Uther, Okay. Geoffrey says that Constantine was killed by a Pictish assassin, leaving the eldest son, Constance, as king. Vortigern appears to have climbed his way up the greasy pole by securing an inspired marriage to Severa, the daughter of Constantine's predecessor and national hero, Magnus Maximus. As Constance was still quite young, Vortigern was able to have himself installed as the king's advisor and before long conspired to have the young king killed. Now, in this movie, it's exactly like that pretty much. Vortigan, who is Jude Law's character. Yeah. Um, is the king's advisor who ends up killing And his having, brother, yeah, it's his brother too. Yeah. And, and and that's that's also wrong. It's because Vortigan is not anywhere related to fucking Uther.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you wanna know what this reminds me of? Azog from The Hobbit. Right. He's a footnote character and he's been blown up to be more.
0: Right. With the king out of the way, Vortigern sees the crown for himself, realizing that Aurelius Ambrosius and Uther were, mean, were mere babies and weren't in position at that time to frustrate his designs. So, Aurelius Ambrosius and Uther Pendragon, who are brothers, have nothing to do with Vortigern. They were bundled up and escaped to the court of their cousin, Budic I in Brittany. Okay? So. Here's the here's the whole thing. You could have used Vortigern as a non-relatable. He's not the same age as Uther. He's not the same age as anybody else. He's much much older. Uh-huh. And now you have an established older character who not only has usurped and kind of weaselled his way into being a king. Yeah. Right. Um. Kind of like Worm Tongue. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Now you have now you can establish that Uther and and Aurelius have been sent away to, you know, their cousin in Brittany where they grow up and then Uther and then the whole thing. And and as it goes, Uh, Vortigern ruled in Britain and during his rule in Britain, he was under pressure from fear of the Picts and the Irish with the Scots and of a Roman invasion and not least from the dread of Ambrosius which is Aurelius, right? So Uther and Aurelius are the ones that they decide to go after him, okay? Uh, St. Germanus appears at the royal court. Traditionally, this is said to have been St. Germanus of uh, Auxerre, who is known to have visited Britain at this time to stamp out the uh, Pelagian heresy that becomes so popular. His first journey took him from Caer, or Rich... Uh, it was just uh, to, uh, Carabuti to Care Lundin or Londinium or whatever London and Care Minkip or Mincip, all in southeast England, uh, which is Saint Albans, London in Richborough. Okay, just to give you guys an example, stories of this of his leading an army against invading Saxon pirates probably in Cheshire may refer to a different man, the saint who spent some time in Vortigern's presence probably at uh, Rockster, Shropshire, <laughs> the Shropshire slasher. Uh, where excavation has revealed the residence of a powerful 5th century noble may have been the uh, Breton St. Garmin, who was active across Wales. The saint accused Vortigern of fathering a child by his own daughter, though disgusted by the British High King uh, Garmin or or Germanus, favored the man's sons, at least two of whom appear to have been blessed. All right, so... So they've done
1: a major change. Yeah. Um, now that Now, that... I heard that this was going to be the first and probably the only of a six movie series that they were gonna they planned on doing. Okay. Well, if you're gonna do six films, wouldn't it make sense to honor the source material a little better than not have to change it up like that, and then also have to? Because you said it yourself that they kind of forced the whole roundtable thing by having it, you know, introduce at the end of the movie, right? Right. Like why? Well, are
0: they- well he, and then here we go. Here, here's where it comes in with the whole Brit, the Brit thing. Okay, so Vortigern escapes. Um, he was, uh, where is it? Betrayal of his countrymen. Vortigern escapes betrayal by his countrymen. Um, his oldest son Vortimer declares himself a rival British leader, raises an army, and for a short time manages to stem the Saxon advance. Wounded in battle. He was poisoned by his stepmother from their secure power base. The Saxons then demanded more food and clothing to supply the increased numbers, blah, blah, blah. Vortigern refused them. We cannot give you more food and clothing for your, your numbers are grown. The British arrived and were promptly cut down where they stood. Vortigern escapes to set up a stronghold in the West. He chose to build a castle on the southern slopes of Yir Aran um, above Gwynedd. Construction begins every morning. The previous day's work was found to be demolished. So Vortigern's magicians told them to told Vortigern to seek out a boy with no father, born of the fairies. Merlin, that's who it is. Um, Vortigern's men search far and wide and discover such a boy at what was soon to become Carmath, Carmarthen, Carmarthen. <laughs> Jeez, his name was. Merden Emrys or Merlin for short. Mer- Merlin revealed that at night the mountain shook so that all the buildings collapsed fucking these guys created the language. Beneath <laughs> it were buried two fighting dragons, one white representing the Saxons, one red representing the British, and the white one was winning afraid of such an omen, Vortigern fled. Disillusioned, the Brit the British finally rebelled with their high king uh Aurelian Aurelianus of whom Vortigern had previously had no fear. Um had by now grown into a burly young man and took his place in the events of the time to lead their struggle. Merlin handed over to him the mountain site where Vortigern had failed to build and it became his fort of Dinas Emrys. Vortigern took refuge in the refortified hill fort um, in Lane, but Ambrosius pursued him, drove him south, blah, 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 blah. He was struck by lightning. Um, he was buried in a small chapel in Lane. Thus, it was left to Ambrosius Aurelianus to halt the sex in advance. That's the story. Yeah. So if you're going to have Vortigern, you can't put him right smack dab at the beginning of Arthur's story as Arthur's uncle. Yeah. It doesn't fucking work. There's, there's 99% of your problem. Uh-huh. If you're going to tell the story of the sword, you, stel- you tell the story of Vortigern, Uther, and Aurelius. Okay and you leave Uther out of it cuz you have six stories to tell. Yeah. So what's going to happen is you're going to basically tell the story of Vortigan pretty much pretty much this story but with Vortigan, okay? Yeah. And and instead of Charlie Hunnam playing King Arthur, Charlie Hunnam is playing Aurelianus. That's it. That's that's the story. Uh-huh. And then you're going to introduce Merlin. And then the next story, you're going to introduce Uther Pendragon, and then King Arthur, and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But you could set the whole story up, and I I figured out how to do this. You could set the whole story up by telling basically the end first. Uh-huh. You, you open up with Arthur p- pulling the sword out of the rock. Yeah. Okay?
1: Because that's, that's near the end, huh?
0: Yeah. In, in in the entire story, Arthur finding the sword and then the quest for the Holy Grail yeah. are near the end of the story. Okay. Not anywhere near the beginning. Because it's the, the the beginning of the story is huge. Yeah. Right? It's it's the same thing. I'm and, and I brought this up last week. It's the Star Wars thing, right? Uh-huh. You know, it's or if you want to yeah, it's 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 the King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table are 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 the really small part of the story. Yeah, where it's it's yeah it's more towards the end of you know
1: or even like the original Guardians of the Galaxy they're way before what we're seeing on screen now. Right. Yeah.
0: So when you tell tell this King Arthur and Legend of the Sword, you've already done us a disservice by altering the story.
1: Yeah, like they they going to they could have modernized the 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 telling of the story much in a much better way. Oh yeah, you know, like like and that's what grabbed my attention with this movie was from the trailers and them saying it's Guy Ritchie. Uh you already uh, you, the, it, there's an energy that comes from 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 the trailers and from Guy Ritchie. You know, it had that song, you know, I know that Led Zeppelin's a popular song to use in trailers not right now, but um it had a song was it uh baby leave me or something like that babe don't leave me yeah babe don't leave me alone yeah i mean the song plays pretty damn well in the trailer um but it also had you, you could tell that it had there was something different about it because guy Ritchie was directing it right and it had that quick editing and stuff like that and the and the in the in the, the you know the cocky witty dialogue and and so i'm like i'll give this a chance you know if if there's nothing else that seems better coming out that week well, well then we'll see it and you know this week, that's what we had. We had this, we had we had snatched with, um, you know, uh, that comedian, you know, and Goldie Hawn, yeah, Amy, 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 Amy Fisher, Amy, Fowler. <laughs> Amy Schumer, Farrah so, Fowler. yeah, um, that, and uh, and there was what other movie that came out, and you know what, uh, I just we didn't want to see that movie. You know, we saw the trailers for it and it wasn't really anything funny. And this looked like, you know, a, I mean, we're, we're, we're big action movie guys, right? And right. you love the story of King Arthur. Yes, Oval. I do. So, why not go see this? The, one of the good things about this movie, but not enough <laughs> to make it make it a good movie, is the energy of, of uh, Guy Ritchie's direction. Because um, he co- he wrote this movie you know, for for better or worse. <laughs> but when it comes to the energy of the movie, it, it it's I like it because when I've seen other previous King Arthur tales, there's always it's very slow and, and plotting at times and you kind of lose interest. But this one keeps the action going fucking, you know, just boom, 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 boom. You know, I, I really liked how at the beginning that it it, it the that uh, the editing goes through like what? like 30 years worth of shit in like the span of, or well not 30, but like 20 years worth of shit in the, in the span of 10 minutes or so. Right. And, but it does it in a really cool way. And that whole scene with, with Eric Bana, you know, the, the dad Uther or whatever his name was, right? Uther. King Uther. Um, he, um, that whole scene, I mean the, the visuals, even though I, I didn't like the Moomakill, uh, being ripped off from Lord of the Rings from Return of the King. But, um, still that when he rides his horse off of that bridge onto that Moomakill to kill the uh, the evil wizard that was a really cool scene yes i mean the visuals were awesome what what keeps this movie all, and and there's there's a few other cool scenes in this movie as well what keeps it from being awesome because those scenes look great the visual effects look great and you can tell the money was spent on it but it doesn't matter at the end of the day because I didn't get into anybody, really. I was more into Jude Law's character because of how good of an actor he is than I was um, in even Charlie Hunnam. I mean, look, Charlie Hunnam, it, it, I, it's hard to, to, I can't be mean to the guy because the guy has, I, I keep using the word for this, but th- he has energy, he's got he's got chutzpah, he's got, you know, he can do it. I mean, and if you uh, read about his workout regimen to get in shape for this movie, it's fucking amazing, but still it's not enough um charlie hunnam is not an exceptional actor to me can he act yes as long as he's acting the same exact way in everything that he's in (laughs) the only thing the only differences i've noticed in everything that i've seen him in is his accent okay in cold mountain he had a he had a southern accent right you know in in sons of anarchy he's got a you know he's got a california accent uh you know in this movie he's got a he's got a british accent uh you know and and the same thing in crimson peak he's got a a decadence you know british accent it, it's you know and then something else he might have had his natural uh, i think cuz charlie hunham might be australian but um regardless if he is or, or not it, it it's he's the same he just feels like he, i'm seeing the same guy in everything i see him in right. he's just wearing a different outfit and has a different accent but he's still pacific rim same thing i i, I don't notice anything different in his performance in pacific rim than i pretty much see in Sons of Anarchy, except he smokes He smokes in Sons of Anarchy. That's it. Right. You know, wears a leather jacket instead of a fucking, uh, you know, kaiju or whatever they call a <laughs> Big, you know, ro- robot chalk suit. Uh, so, but yeah, if you can put that to the side, if you had all these supporting characters that could, could help bring everything up too as well, or, or I'm sorry, if they, they had been written well enough that you actually cared about them, then... It would have been okay that Charlie Hunnam played at King R this new modernized King Arthur where he's you know, he's like an MMA fighter, you know, before he's a sword fighter, right? Um, it would have been fine, I guess, because you had all this backup. But there there really to me, I don't know about you, man, but there to me there was no backup. It it's sure there was plenty of other co stars. And if you when you read my review, if you looked at my review, I didn't really mention many of the other co stars because there was really no reason to. Everyone Who's involved in this? That you know, even the ones that are eventually become his knights of the round table. Who they, they haven't become that yet, but you know they're going to be because of their names. Right. Um, they they didn't really do anything special. They didn't stand out in any way. The only way they stood out was because they were a different race. That was it. That's the only thing about them that you I I noticed was that. You know, the guy that ends up being George is is Asian, you know, or the guy that, you know, um, becomes another one of the main characters, he's a black dude, right? When, you know, I don't think this was originally re- written that way. Um, that's the only thing I notice. And that, you know, I don't give a shit about that, but if I notice that more than I notice their, um, their, what is it, their contribution to the movie, then there's something wrong in the way that it's being told. And there is something wrong with it. I didn't care about anybody. I didn't care about... Uh, G, you know Diamond Hansu, um, he plays the same fucking guy. He plays in every movie. Aiden Gillen, who's from Game of Thrones, you know, Littlefinger. He's he plays the same fucking thing that he plays in Game of Thrones, you know. And I've seen him in a couple other things too. He's the same guy. There's nothing special to him, you know. Eric Bana didn't get to you know do anything special either with his character in the few moments that they showed him. No one helps th- with this movie when it comes to the characters. You know, there's that one actor who I didn't even write down because he, you know, he was the funny fat guy kind of guy. You know, he had the, you know, the witty remarks and stuff for for a moment here and there. But he wasn't even worth putting down because he, he barely was in the movie. You know, uh, and then the last you know actor that I can rant about is uh, Astrid uh, Burgess, uh, fucking Frisbee or whatever her name is. Um, she's a she's a French actress, and the way she's made to look in this movie is I don't. Either it's really good makeup or something went wrong because she looks fucking horrible in this movie. She was the the hot mermaid on Stranger Tides from 2011. Okay. And if you see her in in, in other movies, she's goddamn gorgeous. But in this movie, she looks fucking horrible. Not really. She plays the mate. Dude, every time I saw her face, I was like, God, what the fuck is going on with her? It really bugged me. She looked like a maciated junkie to me. Okay. Anyway. Um, I also bring up her character because she is supposed to be, well, I think they fucked up and they, every time you read about her in the IMDb or anything, she won, um, the casting for Guinevere over all these other actresses that auditioned for it. And they always call her Guinevere, except when you actually read the, the character list and then it says mage. That's it. She's just the mage. But I think that they accidentally gave away that she is, was eventually, if this series went farther along, is eventually going to be Guinevere. And I, did, I, haven't, I don't know if this is to be fact or not, but wouldn't that be a major changing, if she is Guinevere, wouldn't that be a major changing from the, the books? Because I don't think Guinevere ever had magical powers,
0: right? I, I couldn't tell you. Because Guinevere... I, I mean, I, from everything that I've read, no. Yeah.
1: I mean, she wasn't,
0: quote-unquote, magical.
1: Yeah, and Guinevere is uh, King Arthur's main love, right? Right. Yeah, so um, th- th- that right there tells me that they're already changing a bunch of shit, you know. Now I'm not a purist because I I never really I never read King Arthur, so. But still, the, me for
0: when you. I'm generally uh, for King Arthur. I'm not a purist either, mm-hmm. but there are things about the story that have to be set into motion. Yeah, and the problem with it is uh, twofold. One of them is the timeline stuff and characters that didn't exist in the timeline. <laughs> are now all of a sudden in this movie yeah and the second thing is is the changing of characters
1: someone called it snatch a lot (laughs) Uh um yeah it sucks man because the energy of this movie it really it it kept me interested the whole time we were watching it I, i i never got bored the entire time i was watching it you know and and some of my favorite scenes were when uh jude law's character would go down to talk to the you know the, the ursula right. <laughs> you know the evil sea witch or whatever you want to call her Um right. that was some cool ass animation or well you know visual effect and i don't want to say animation like it was just an animated scene you know but um special effect yeah that was i mean that was creepier and shit that that was cool and that was an important scene to show especially when Uh, jude law is such a good actor that those two scenes where he sacrifices you know first his wife and then his daughter that's he i mean fucking you can see that this guy's hurting he's hurting by doing this but it didn't matter because the power was more important than anything else you know but it jude law just just milked it right and so i liked him a lot more you know than than anybody else in this movie
0: yeah the, the whole plot right here at the beginning of the Wikipedia is what bugs me, okay? Uh-huh. Mordred, an iron-fisted warlock, and his armies lay siege to Camelot. In all of literature, Mordred is Arthur's son. That doesn't make sense. Seeking to establish a dominance of magic-wielding mages over humankind, Uther Pendragon, king of the Britons, infiltrates Mordred's lair and beheads him destroying his forces and saving Camelot.
1: And that was a cool scene.
0: Later that evening, Uther's treacherous brother, Vortigern, who is not his brother, (laughs) who covets the throne, orchestrates a coup, and sacrifices his wife, Elsa, to sea witches in order to summon a demon knight who kills Uther's wife and slays him in combat. The only survivor is Uther's son, who drifts away in a boat and winds up in Londinium, where he is raised by prostitutes and who name him Arthur. So he's like Jesus. Yeah, but th- uh, again, that entire beginning plot that I just read from the Wikipedia. Yeah. Vortigern is not Uther's brother. He's way before. Yeah. He's he's uh, 5 decades. <laughs> so he's like a like a great-great.
1: No, he's not even a great. He's not
0: even related to him. I
1: mean age-wise. He's like in the great, great time. You know, like th- two generations removed.
0: Yeah. Mordred is fucking Arthur's son. You've already fucked up everything. Mordred and Arthur are supposed to fight at the end yeah. and
1: kill each other. So what are you going to do? <laughs> Papa Doc, what you going to do? <laughs> How are you going to fix this? Well, it doesn't matter now because the movie's tanking. So I don't think there's going to be a sequel. And huh? then you Unless have
0: Arthur grow up as a street urchin who learns how to, which is not even true. And lives with a not I'm not saying true, but. And
1: lives in a bordello.
0: Yeah. No, he was taken away to, you know, live, live a life of a squire or whatever it was. I mean, if you watch the Black Cauldron, it's more, it's closer to the story than this. Uh You know.
1: My, my, is Monty Python more on par? Yeah. Well? <laughs> That's funny so yeah I mean even from that, that that's right there it, it's like why would you do that why Guy Ritchie uh, now I can see there's three people on the screenplay for this but there's a the problem regardless though it's it's like why would you fuck with it that bad why would you change that much especially if you're gonna do six films then that tells me that there should have been way better planning involved I don't think that I think they just said
0: six films
1: to make it sound like this big th- yeah, event I don't think they really had a plan <laughs> Yeah, because this right here seems like they're winging it.
0: Screenplay by Guy Guy Ritchie, Lionel Wigroom, and Joe Joby Harold. I, I mean, these guys oh, it was produced by Akiva Goldsman. And then, yeah. There's your problem.
1: Oh, and then look at the story by. The story by is, is by Joby Harold again, and then another guy named David Dobkin. So there's a lot of people uh, just trying to get their writing into this. Yeah.
0: The director doesn't even know his own fucking mytholo-
1: mytholog <laughs> mythology. I would love to hear what he he's because someone like that you know they would have this this totally believable reasoning for why they're doing it, but still when it's all said and done what, why do that you know he can make a he could make a valid argument I bet because you know it's guy Ritchie but w- w- still how would it be valid why why would this make sense why do that why 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 don't you just name someone else someone else instead of that you know his son, his son being that person yeah that doesn't eh, whatever anyway I'm
0: sorry. you can't it's what I've said in the past there are certain things that have to happen mm. there are certain you can't change character, yeah, and if you change characters, what happens? it fucks up the
1: entire flow of the movie and continuity yeah just like with Clone Wars, how the, you said that uh, uh you know Lucas has specific rules for Clone Wars.
0: Well, there are specific rules for anything. Well, for anything S- like look- supernatural, Sam and Dean Winchester. Okay, mm. those guys are, are hunters. You know, it's in it's in their character. If you change their character, now you can fuck with you can fuck with everything outside of it. Okay, mm. but established characters have to be established characters, right? Yeah, that's just the way it has to be. There is no, once you've already established, there is no changing that. Yeah. So Sam and Dean Winchester are who they are, how they grew up, everything else. You can add things to it, which they have, but it doesn't fundamentally change their character. Uh It adjusts things. But, again, and that goes true for Indiana Jones or any, the you know, Jeff Goldblum's character from Jurassic Park, you know. Yeah, um, the Terminator, Linda Hamilton's character from the Terminator series. Yeah, you can change things. You can go into the past. You can do this. You can do that. But again, her character can't fundamentally change, and that was the big problem with Terminator Genesis. You fundamentally changed her character. Yeah, uh-huh. and her character is Mousy woman who has no idea that she is the the mother the, of the resistance. Yeah, the mother of the savior of the world. Yeah. Okay. And when when she finds out about it, she doesn't believe it, and then that's her story arc is going from this mousy woman to this strong, independent woman.
1: Yeah, turning young Sarah Connor into they did that. Um, they did that all on purpose so that you could have reasonably justify having an old Arnold Schwarzenegger in 1984.
0: Right, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you know they could have just changed it to where. And we're we're getting off topic, but they they could have just changed it to where the resistance sends Schwarzenegger back to 1984 to stop the 1984 version of the Terminator, Mm -hmm. you know, and instead of trying to send it back to different fucking timelines all over the place. Yeah. You know, you just, you have him up here, boom, there he is, and then they fight, right? Yeah. You know.
1: And then the younger one beats the other one until he looks really old. Right. <laughs> All right. But it, but still no the whether how far off we go it, it's it's a comparison thing. Right. It's, it's you're fundamentally
0: changing characters who actually have a fucking huge history. Yeah. They have a huge amount of books and texts and whether or not you believe them or whether they're true or not doesn't matter. I mean, I'm sure that there's basis for every character, especially myths like this. Where you are basing it off of someone that actually existed, you know, and what happens is is uh, fiction gets involved, uh-huh. you know, oh, dragons and this and that and the other thing. Okay, and you
1: knew so. eventually it was going to get to that if this series had gone, had gone farther. what with this show with, with, with King Arthur? what would have added more stuff? It would have?:
0: Oh, it would have changed everything fundamentally, yeah, and that's the problem. Again, I have I, fucking said that a hundred times, but
1: <laughs> that makes this movie even worse. Yeah, finding it, all that out, dude. I, you
0: know, and I I read this, I read this, I read one of the books that was, um, it was actually a remake or a rewrite, if you want to call it. It's called La the Arthur* okay. or *The Death of Arthur*. huh and this is where the Holy Grail is talked about and they talk about the green knight and the black knight and you know and everybody's search for the holy grail and percival and all this other stuff right yeah and oh and that and that's where the story of joseph of Arimathea comes in okay and that but that's again that's at the end of the story yeah you know the romans the roman legions are all involved in this so the the history of arthur is not just the Sword and Stone, yeah, yeah. It's a hist- It's Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Grail. It's-, it's
1: like the series is blowing its load right at the beginning.
0: Yeah, you know, in and, 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 and security, and a lot of it is all the Roman Empire. It, King Arthur wouldn't have existed without the Roman Empire, uh-huh. you know, because of Constantine. So yeah, and I mean we've already talked about that earlier, but Uther Pendragon is a son of a Holy Roman Empire. Yeah. Uh. Emperor. Sorry. The Holy Roman Emperor. And that sets the entire stage.
1: Yeah. And then also, you said something about Merlin. Why? Merlin's in the past, even before Uther was older, right? And then uh, he gets the uh, sword from Merlin, right? And then you never see him for the rest of the movie. What? Something about Merlin. You mentioned Merlin. Wait, right after we saw the movie, you had a problem with the fact that they didn't have Merlin. When, I had a problem
0: with the fact that Merlin was supposed to be part of the whole history. Merlin's the one that fucking takes Arthur under uh, under his wing, basically, uh-huh. and uh, and now
1: he's already King Arthur by the end of the movie, which yeah. doesn't show any growth of yeah. yeah it, and Merlin's one of the most popular characters from the tale. Yeah, why the fuck wouldn't you put Merlin in there? Oh, because they're gonna have some big introduction later. Watch, they're gonna if if they actually if this movie was actually able to make enough money. When it's all said and done, to to uh, foster a sequel, if they do introduce Merlin, Merlin, they'll do the twist, right? And the twist will be Merlin is the ultimate villain, right? right. <laughs> like, why, why, why did you do that? You know, it, uh, it. Okay, so that and that sucks, man. But I mean, my view on the movie not taking into the, the all the, the mythology changing, um, well, shit, mythology tampering, um, or screwing upping, is that I like the like I said this movie is fun because it has the, the quick dialogue and it's got um, it, I th- you know f- at first my first impression on that scene where they take him to the they take Arthur to the island and they ha- they go through that montage of him fighting monsters right I thought that the, at, first, my, at first glance I thought that was a great idea because it was like why waste a whole movie or a whole half hour or an hour of him just fighting monsters you know like like, let's get into the story, right? You know, let's move on. So they just do the quick montage. And I thought it was great. But then, by the time you get to the end of the movie, when you realize that all these characters don't really, they don't really give you anything, it's like, well, maybe they should have you know, slowed down, taken their time, and had him go through that stuff, you know, and, and maybe told the story better. Does that make sense? Mm. Sure. Cause you know what I'm talking about the whole time where he's fighting the wolves and he's fighting the flying big bats and shit, Uh you know, the things like that. It's, you know, at first I thought that was a great idea, you know, just fucking blast through it and then move to the next thing, you know, but uh, maybe, maybe not. It just, but that, that's the, the ultimate failure of this film is that, um, he rushes through things when he shouldn't rush through things. He, he adds things when he doesn't need to add things. He takes things away. And so, how, when you get to the end of this film, how are you, how do you move on to the next level with, the, um, you know, with now you've created, um, what do you call it? A butterfly effect of, of change that you can't go back on now. It, now, what direction are you going to go into? Yeah. Cause it's already been drastically changed. Uh, that sucks. You know, I look, I overall, I, I enjoyed myself watching the movie, especially not knowing really anything about the mythology. Um, I had, you know, I, I, like I said, I never got bored with it, but I also I don't have anything to write home about at the same time. So sorry, Guy Richie, you fucked up. Yeah, you fucked up. And apparently after this, after doing this episode, I learned that he fucked up a lot more than I thought. <laughs> so, uh, look, man, just stop doing shit like this because it, this, I think this movie's going to bite him in the ass for a little bit. Um, well, he—I heard he's doing the men, the man from Uncle sequel. Okay. So anyway, um, if you're listening, guy, which you not? But if you are, finish the Rock and Roller trilogy, please. I'm a fan. Anyway, fucking.
0: <laughs> Why don't you write him a letter? Strongly worded email. You
1: know, I was also when we were talking about his movies. There was another movie he did that was really well. That was good, but it was too smart for its own good, which was uh, revolver. That movie tried to be way too. Way too smart, and it just it fucking failed by the time you get to the end of the movie. It wasn't bad though for, for a lot of scenes, right? You know?
0: But not every movie you're gonna do is going to be successful,
1: yeah. So, and, I mean, he's, he's got his good, he's had his bad. Um, and, and this one, it, it's
0: not a bad movie, but if you just take Arthur out of the whole thing, yeah. if you don't call it King Arthur,
1: yeah, and you call it something else, <laughs> yeah, you know, like RoboCop King king charlie yeah like robocop 2014 yeah it's a good sci-fi movie but not a good robocop movie
0: right if you just if this is a, a fucking you know a retelling of the tale of vortigern yeah. that's fine you know and yeah. but other than that it, it's not a tale of arthur
1: yeah i after learning about that i mean them already throwing in the the la- lady of the lake see it sounds like you know desperation yeah you know to tell the to tell the tale i that sucks man um well, I I gave the movie a six out of ten because it's just a little bit better than average, yeah. but still nothing nothing memorable. I don't care yeah. if I ever see this again. I don't I don't even care to see the three and a half hour original director's cut.
0: If I went around saying I was emperor just because some moist and bent lobbed a scimitar at me, they'd put me away.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so I <laughs> fuck. Maybe we should watch uh uh mighty python soon. Yeah, sure. No. Oh. <laughs> All right. So uh, what would you give the movie? Four. Oh, damn, I shit. I thought you were gonna end up. You know, before you mentioning all the tampering, I thought you were gonna give it like a seven or something. No, but okay, yeah. I, sorry, dude. Charlie Hunnam is just not. I don't know, man. It, he's just not my guy. He's he's not. You know, he's he's he just he's he's fucking vanilla. Right, to you know, so um, anyway. <laughs> Um, what was our, do you, uh, you remember what, uh, our predictions were for this? No. Let's find out, man. Let's see. Does what, it matter? Uh, yeah, it kind of does. I'd like to know what I predicted for this Nobody shit. Nobody gives a shit. I give a shit. Right there. King Arthur. Go back up. A little mo, little mo. Damn. All right. I give it a 56.
0: And I'm pretty much right on.
1: Yeah. Today's got a 26. Oh, um, yeah. Well, I guess we were both, uh. You know, a little too uh, giving, but uh, what? No, I gave it a forty-five. I know it's got a twenty-six. I wasn't being very giving. Well, that's better than what they give it. We gave it two out of four, two out of four, and it's not a
0: it's not a twenty-six percent movie. It's a it's a less than fifty percent, more than forty percent.
1: I know. So, all right. So fuck. You know what? Uh, fuck, man. Fuck this movie. <laughs> you know. So. Uh, damn what a shame all right so uh my flick of the week and uh, please bear with me on this one is uh the 2009 film called uh Gentlemen Broncos it is directed by Mr. Jared Hess it's also written by co-written by him and his wife um they of course are um oh well, him i mean she's worked with him on every movie but um him being the director uh he is you know most popular for of course directing and writing Napoleon Dynamite and um Nacho Libre right well 3 years after this i i i fucking forgot i totally forgot that this movie existed it's one of those movies that you see a trailer for it and you're like what the fuck did i just see right but then you forget about it cuz you never see anything else about it it never pops up anymore it just disappeared right because i saw a trailer for it like apparently i saw it back in 2009 i didn't know it was that long ago but it was um this movie is fucking weird but if you're a fan of jared hess and his style he he does this he does he he turned he has a, a a way a gift now a lot of people disagree with me but i think to people that like his movies they'll see what i'm saying he has this gift of turning bland lives, you know, bland lives and bland, uh, 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 what do you call it? Backdrops and everything, as, as you know, bland towns, all of that stuff. As he makes it find some way to make it interesting and and, f- and comical, without like, like trying too hard to be comical. It's just comical because of how, how stupid and awkward it is. Uh, when you see these characters in the in these environments, these bland environments uh, gentlemen Broncos is the same way um, it's in first off it's not as good as Nacho Libre it's not as good as Napoleon Dynamite I don't think that this movie has as much uh, replay factor as say those two movies because I can watch those movies over and over again this one though does to a point Have it, and I'll. I'll, This is. Let me read you the synopsis better than I can describe it, because like (laughs) it seems like with every Jared S movie, um, it gets weirder and weirder. So I'll read you like the first part of the plot. All right, Benjamin Purvis, who's played by Michael Angarano, um, young actor. Um, He lives with his mother Judith, who's played by Jennifer Coolidge. Uh, He designs. um, His mother designs tacky clothes, and she makes rock hard popcorn balls. Um, and you know, she sells them. Uh, they both uh, make ends meet by um, by working at a retail clothing store, and uh, Benjamin he spends his spare time writing sp- uh, science fiction stories, and the the newest one that he's written is called Yeast Lords, which um, it centers on a hero named Bronco, who I guess is modeled after his long dead father. Um, <laughs> The cool thing about Bronco is every time in the movie when he's um, starting to write about it, it goes into that world of Bronco, and it is fucking just—it's like an extremely goofy version of say when you watch uh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie, where it's just this offbeat oddity of of filmmaking. Where okay. the characters are just fucking weird, and it's funny that I bring that up because Sam Rockwell was also he you know uh, Beetle Brocks or what Beetle right right in uh in that one and this one he plays Bronco, and of course as always Sam Rockwell just kicks ass playing and he plays this fucking weird character and I I cannot tell you how odd his character is I I just highly suggest you eat, just watch the trailer just watch the trailer for the movie and and go from there all right but it's it's in this weird world it's on another world of course I, I just said that but um it you know has weird characters and and one of the, there's just stupid shit that happens like he'll grab a when he needs help with something he'll grab a he'll grab a deer and you know it's a fake deer it's obviously it's a fake deer when all of a sudden like fucking uh gun barrels will come out of its eye sockets and start shooting at people or like he'll fly it and he'll like shove his arm up his ass and and like it'll almost be like the flying uh a rainbow tiger from uh uncle grandpa or something right right and just stupid shit like that well um he lives in this small town um i can't remember where the hell it's called but um you know it's the same thing as like say napoleon dynamite where they live in a small town in idaho and stuff like that you know it's just it's just out of nowhere right where there's no life to it, um, and anyone who was a celebrity probably never came from there, <laughs> so um, or if they did, they don't mention it. Um, what happens is uh, he has uh, you know fellow schoolmates who want to be filmmakers, and they want to turn his story Yeast uh, Yeast Lords into uh, a, 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 a <laughs> Yeast Lords. Yeah, it's called the book. The story is called Yeast Lords. Which is, and there's all this little, these subtle uh, sexual innuendo that comes along with it when the story's being told, and it, it's funny. Um, and they want to make a, this into a film, right? Well, as he's, uh, he joins this uh, book class, and his idol, his idol, who's, uh, who's this guy named Dr. Chevalier, who is a science fiction writer who has seen better days. Like, he used to write like the greatest science fiction ever and he used to make a shitload of money but now his uh, agent keeps turning him down because he says, oh, this is shit work. You need to go, where, where, where's, where's the Dr. Chevalier that we all know and love, right? When are you gonna come back to this guy? Well, Dr. Chevalier is played by Jermaine Clement. and Anyone who knows Jemaine Clement knows that that guy can play a lot of goofy, offbeat characters and once again, he plays this fucking asshole who, who ends up reading, he's, he attends the class that this young uh, Benjamin Purvis is at and he takes everybody's um, uh, book reports and are their own stories and yeast lords is in there. Well, what happens is the guy is so desperate to get another, you know, top selling, um, you know, book out that he ends up stealing yeast lords and he just changes the names. And the funny part about him changing the names because he doesn't change really anything else, he just changes the characters' names. Um, is when he changes the names and he's reading through the story, it cuts into now his vision of, of of these characters, right? And so now the Bronco character is now named, um, he's now named uh, Brutus, right? And he changes the story from Yeast Lords to Brutus and Balzac, huh. and Brut- so Sam Rockwell in Jemaine Clement's version is he's he's now a transvestite like a tranny and he's got he's very very effeminate you know very gay guy acting effeminate gay guy acting he wears all that's pink. usually what effeminate means yeah and he wears all pink and and it's just it's fucking it's over the top stupid but it's funny and it's just great to see like his vision of how it would look and <laughs> and anyway the movie just has stupid moments stupid Jared Hess type moments that apparently a lot of people don't are fans of, but when I watched it with my kids, they fucking loved it. And I, I I loved it. I laughed my ass off too. I think my only problem with the movie that I can think of really is the Benjamin Purvis character, the actor um, who plays him, Michael Angarano. I'm not a big fan of him at all. I I, have seen him in other things playing a younger actor, but he's just nothing. He's, kind of annoying looking and I know it fits into the whole blandness of the movie, but at the same time, I just don't, I don't feel his character. I don't feel him. I feel the movie, just not him. And that's, that's why this movie will never be as, as highly regarded by cult fans as Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre are. Um, but it's still, if you love those two movies, then you got to see gentlemen Broncos because it's fucking hilarious. It's hilariously stupid. And uh, stay after the end credits because there's one more scene with Sam Rockwell in it. If you do watch it, uh, it's currently on um, HBO on demand. So if you've got cable and you've got HBO, um, check it out. Uh, or if you got HBO Go or HBO Now or whatever they call it, uh, <coughs> yeah, it's called Gentleman Broncos and it's fucking funny, dude. All right, all right.
0: I watch Modern Problems. 1981. <laughs> okay. It uh, came out Christmas 81, actually. Uh, directed by Ken Shapiro, stars Chevy Chase, Patty Darbinville, Mary Kay Place, Brian Doyle Murray, Nell Carter, and Dabney Coleman. I mostly watch it because of Dabney Coleman. I, I'm, <laughs> I love Dabney Coleman. Um, there are no exceptions. I love Dabney Coleman. He's fucking hilarious. Uh, Chevy Chase plays an air traffic controller named Max. Um, his life is slowly going down the drain. You know, every time he says he's going to like he works, you know, like, hey, he calls his girlfriend and says who's played by Patty Uh and says, you know, honey, I'll be home by six and then we'll go out to have a nice dinner. He doesn't get home till like seven thirty and then she ends up leaving him. Well, he, he, and and it's not like he's stopping off to get like a fucking beer or, you know, he's like Homer Simpson or or, you know, irresponsible in any way. He just like gets stuck in traffic, and then she gets pissed off because he's not home by six o'clock.
1: Okay, so she's high maintenance.
0: Well, no, it's just fucking stupid writing. Okay. So when, so he, in the meantime, so he goes, um, he goes out to dinner. When he gets home, and she's like, she had left him like four messages between six and seven thirty, uh, saying you know that she's fine, she's gonna leave him, you know, and she's already moved out. Yeah. So, she, so he goes out to have dinner and as he's sitting there waiting to order, you know, he's playing I tag with this girl, right? And then it turns into this whole I tag thing between like six different couples. Which is actually pretty funny. But it doesn't really solve the is this a good Chevy Chase movie?
1: It's an okay movie. And it's got modern problems.
0: Yeah, it's it's got its issues. (laughs) Um the funny part is and this is this is all throughout the story is everywhere he goes he sees his ex girlfriend Patty yeah. with another man. Okay, so he gets invited to a party. Now he meets up with he, I'm sorry, his best friend is his ex wife who is played by Mary Kay Place. Yeah. Okay, and as they're they're walking through New York, they had been riding their bikes but they just kind of stop to walk or get something to eat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, they, and Brian Doyle Murray, who is a mutual friend of Max's, yeah. meets up with them. And he's like, hey, come out to the house this weekend. We're having a party, blah, blah, blah. But first, before you come out to the house, we are having a get-together at this nightclub. Show up there and, and mingle and just have a good time and forget about everything that's going on. Nell Carter plays his assistant, mm-hmm. Okay. And Damn Yeah well, That's she, a big bitch <laughs> She's a voodoo practicing maid
1: Oh well not, Which is even funny Yeah
0: God So Chevy Chase And Mary Kay You know uh Husband and ex-wife Go to this party right Yeah Well Mary Kay plays Starts hitting it off With Brian Doyle Murray's character <laughs> And Someone actually found
1: him attractive
0: And <laughs> Chevy Chase sees his ex-wife There with another guy Yeah Right and then that's when he meets Dabney Coleman. The fucking greatest part about this whole movie is Dabney Coleman's character. Okay. Who is a writer. Um, he wrote a book called Get Behind Me and Stay There. <laughs> and this is where I came up with the idea for doing fictional f- fictional movies, books, and TV shows. Yeah. You know, and, and listing them all. Um, let's see. Uh, Dabney Coleman. There we go. Dabney Coleman Modern Problems. I'm trying to find all the like, the books that he wrote. Um, Dabney Coleman looks a hell of a lot better than Chevy Chase does.
1: <laughs> Chevy Chase looks like he ate Chevy Chase.
0: I mean, he looks old, but Christ.
1: <laughs> he looks like he could play the grandfather in the live-action version of the of family guy. <laughs> the rich one? Yeah. yeah. Peter!
0: <laughs> Anyways. Why do I
1: sound just like the doctor? <laughs>
0: Well there's only so many voices. <laughs> yeah, some of these people didn't grow up.
1: P- Patty Darbenville, I, I always saw always remember her from uh she was the police captain in uh was it the NY it wasn't NYPD Blue, it was the other one. It was the NYPD show um on Fox that had Malik Yoba and another dude. Um God damn it, it was called Well if we could only look it up. If only New York <laughs> Undercover. There you go. There you go. Yeah, New York undercover. She was the captain in that. That's what I always remember from. And then she was in an episode of the Sopranos where she gets uh she gets killed in w- in her own home. Right. As a mafia lady. Um but yeah, she was always uh she was always played the tough lady. Right. So I would assume even back then she plays the tough lady. No. No? Okay.
0: No, she plays a girlfriend that um But she's wearing
1: the pants in the relationship. No. Not at all. Didn't you say that, like she's always on his ass about stuff?
0: Yeah, she just she she was just on his ass about showing up at home on time. There we go. Mark Winslow books. Let's see if they have them.
1: Gotta go to uh, images.
0: Oh, that's not it. I like it. I like it a lot. No, we're getting a lot of other Winslow.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I chose.
0: I would really like because uh, here we go Mark Winslow self help books <laughs> one of them was get behind me and stay there I know that for a fact but the other <laughs> one uh, Jesus Christ if you're looking up something specific dear Google don't predict what I want give me what I want So if I type in Modern Problems Mark Winslow self-help books, give me images from the fucking movie Modern Problems with Mark Winslow
1: books. Now, forgive me for this question, but all the pictures that are on Google search, aren't they ones that someone has actually taken and posted on the Internet at one time or another? And that's how it finds it? Yeah. So maybe no one's ever taken a picture of the books, and that's why it's not showing.
0: Really? Do Do I need to look up images from Chevy Chase Modern Problems?
1: I don't know. So I sometimes, the 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 exact thing I was looking for won't be under any of those names. Those the, the names that it should be under, you know the 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 tag words, and yet you try something else that's related to the movie, and all of a sudden it pops up, and you're like, "What the fuck?"
0: What are the self help books that he writes? Here, oh, this is a summary of, and that's a fucking long ass. Summary.
1: That's the longest paragraph I ever seen.
0: <laughs> oh, it's from AFI,
1: American Film Institute. What? American Film of. Institute.
0: Institute. <laughs> um.
1: Now I read something in the synopsis of the movie that he gets. Uh, now am I jumping ahead? Something happens You're to you always jumping ahead, so it doesn't matter. Something happens to him that's supernatural or whatever. Because you haven't mentioned that yet. But it seemed to be in the first paragraph of the description of the film.
0: I haven't mentioned anything yet because I'm fucking looking up modern problem books.
1: All right. I don't want Books from modern problems. I didn't know if you were going to get to that or not, so I, I do not want to jump ahead of you. Like if there's a picture of him holding the book or something?
0: Yeah, or at the party.
1: <laughs> there's no Carter.
0: <laughs> I don't know why that's showing up.
1: Does he got cocaine all over his face? No. Or is it flour? That's flower. Okay.
0: Uh, I'm never going to fucking find it, so it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> I guess you're going to have to watch the movie again, Mike. <sighs> and just screenshot that shit.
0: Well, I don't have to because it's already archived. I just can't find it. I'll look it up later. Um, anyways, so most of his self-help books are these these fucking denigrating quotes, you know, yeah. like, you know, um, I'm the man, you're the woman, now get down on your knees type of thing. Yeah. And, and then the other one, which <laughs> is... And, and, um, Where's my dinner, bitch? Se- yes. Yeah, se- 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 you know, casual conversation and sex is all it's about. But the film in and of itself could have been so much better. Um again, the problem with this film is the same as the problem with Excalibur. Do you see that f- look? There's Oh, look uh, at the s- haze. Do you see the haze? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Was that a popular thing during that time? The uh, early 80s? Yeah,
0: this fucking
1: I don't know what you <sighs> what kind of film uh, cameras were they using at the time? I don't
0: know. Panaflex. <laughs> Panaflex Vaseline vision. <laughs> So
1: <laughs> ah, fuck you
0: Chevy Chase's problems become more prominent the closer it gets to this party, yeah. okay, so you know, like I said, his girlfriend is showing up at all these events or all these with all these at all these places with a different guy so during during the movie. He spends, the ho- spends the house, spends the house, spends the weekend at uh, his friend uh, Brian Doyle Murray's house. Yeah, and they're having like a small get together. So Murray invites Max's ex wife Lorraine because he's starting to have a thing with her. Yeah, and and Max, played by Chevy Chase, is okay with that. And then you have Patty Darbenville who shows up with this confidence, self confidence author and womanizer Mark Winslow, played by Dabney Coleman. Okay, all right. And Winslow constantly demeans and derides Max, always fucking just, you know, you're a big pussy, you know? Nothing about you is a man type of thing. And his character is so fucking good that I'm surprised they didn't try to make a movie just f- about that character, okay. which would have been great. All, at the same time, he's seducing, he's trying to seduce Darcy, Patty Darmaville, right? Yeah. And w- between his egomaniacal bragging and his unabashed nudity. You just walk around, you know, hanging it all out there, right? Because <laughs> he doesn't care. And so what had happened in between all of this is Chevy Chase is coming home from work and nuclear waste gets poured <laughs> on him, right? Uh, so he gains these powers, right? So he starts to practice with the powers by lifting things up or, you know, blowing dresses up, see curls, panties, and this and that and the other thing.
1: Like the air of air, like zapped. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like Zaps. This freak accident, they get these special
0: powers. Yeah. So when he mm-hmm. goes to the party, he fucking, he goes all out, you know. the You saw some of the pictures with him, just cocaine, complete coke head. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having sex with a girl that, you know, basically she's left completely satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, then he starts fucking with Dabney Coleman's character, right, and making tables move around and, and, you know, the, the ghost spirits and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And eventually um, he sees himself becoming this monster and everybody starts to hate him. And what happens is, is he gets hit by lightning, right? He gets
1: hit by lightning after he's gotten toxified.
0: Right. Okay. After he gets hit by lightning, his powers go away. And he's like, oh, I don't know what happened to him. And they had gotten transferred into Dorita. The voodoo practicing maid who no Carter yeah is Max's uh, not Max's is uh, Brian Doyle Murray's housekeeper type of thing okay. right, and then Max's girlfriend eventually forgives him and realizes that she does truly love him oh yeah and that's again it's a typical nineteen eighties movie you know we're supposed to be funny. And that's it. There is no real story to the story.
1: Yeah, and the emotional payoff isn't anything big, but it's also nothing, nothing like a horror movie or anything.
0: No, it, there's nothing to the movie. That's why it's not memorable. Yeah. That's why you don't have a lot of memorable movies. And everybody says that the 80s sucked, but let's face it. The 80s were a, a period of experimentation for movies. Yeah. You got to figure out what worked, and then all of a sudden it became this process, the scientific process <laughs> of A plus B equals C, right? Yeah. Instead of just taking chances with movies. And, and that's, you know, and doing all these test audiences and what works and what doesn't. And you got to have these, you have three jokes per minute or, you know, you got to have one joke that you tell three times throughout in the beginning, the middle the end type of thing. Right. Yeah. And, and when these movies came out, we didn't know what we were going to get because some of them were just so fucking far out there Yeah. that, you know, you had to, uh, I have to go see this, you know, and there's a movie with a, in a gay nightclub, you know? Not a movie. There's a, there's a scene uh-huh. in the beginning of the movie where Chevy Chase is in a gay nightclub and everybody's just getting along and having a good time. And, and as Chevy Chase has to walk through the crowd, you, you, know, you have the dancers coming to dance with him, you know? Yeah. And so he starts dancing and then like he would duck as a guy spun and then he would come back up and the guy would try to spin again and he would duck. Yeah. And then he tried to move, but the guy would block him, you know? So Chevy Chase had to do like a basketball type of thing, like juke him out. Yeah. And then and then do a spin and walk around the guy yeah. to get the fuck out of there. Kind of like when Jim Carrey was walking through the scene in, in the club where Cannibal Corpse was playing, right? Yeah. And he's dancing with the band as as he's going and, yeah. and and the people. Yeah. Same same fucking idea. Yeah. But again, the best part about these movies is they weren't afraid to go into some of these places, the Gay Night Club. And I'll, and I'll take it one step further, which is the Blue Oyster Bar. I think that's what it was. I was going to bring dun, that up dun, myself. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Uh, from Police Academy. Yeah. Right?
1: <laughs> Assless chaps. Yeah.
0: So, but- And
1: handlebar never
0: mistakes. And, and they, you know, they weren't, they weren't making fun of anybody.
1: No, it was being- uh, it was,
0: They were just using that as a setting. And being- It was playful. Right. And- now, I mean, they don't even, they wouldn't even touch that today. How many movies do you know would be set or have a scene that would be funny in a gay nightclub?
1: As long as it was making fun of someone. No, how many? I didn't anti-kay. ask you that.
0: I asked you, how many movies have you seen that have a scene in a gay nightclub? Um, Not I think one. It's
1: been a while.
0: Not one. None.
1: I, I ha- I've seen something, but it's very uh, PC. You know, there's not any, you know, <laughs> there's no stereotyping in it.
0: So well, I'm not worried about stereotyping. How yeah, many how yeah, many movies I have you seen, I, dude? Off
1: it? the top of my head, the last thing that I can definitely I've, I recall, haven't seen a
0: movie in a long time with a scene. Wayne's in the gay World nightclub.
1: Two, when they do the YMCA bit. <laughs> was that in a gay nightclub? That was '94. That was that in a gay nightclub? Yes. Okay. 94. There you go. '94.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, Thirteen years. 20, 23 years: no, Yeah,'
1: 23.: Yeah, it has, I don't th- I know it has been. I just can't recall what, and but what regardless. Yeah, so it, it doesn't matter. again,
0: th- these movies were about experimentation and trying out what worked and what didn't work, and, and there are some things that worked in this movie, there are some things that didn't. Long story short is, I if you want to watch for nostalgia's sake, watch it for nostalgia's sake, it's a three out of a 10 movie yeah it's not that great
1: all right so modern problems yeah I had past problems too all right all right so those are our flicks of the week uh do you uh, fuck is there anything? i don't
0: really have anything
1: Nah, i you know i the, the final trailer for uh, war of the planet of the apes came out um looks good of course all all the movies so you know the two previous uh were good uh woody harrelson looks like a fun character you know woody woody loves to eat you know chew the scenery and uh, take take his characters, uh, you know, to the promised land, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, other than the bashing of, of uh, King Arthur um, because it it's going to be a bomb, I, I didn't have anything else uh, news-wise lately to talk about. So, yeah, there's uh, nothing. Yeah, no, nothing worthwhile. You know, no, kind of like the
0: calm before the storm.
1: Yeah, no fake Star Wars bullshit or anything, you know, <laughs> worth talking about. So, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, you, you mean the the...
0: There's going to be a, a massive, shocking Star Wars reveal in the movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. Except we're not <laughs> going to get it until the movie comes out.
1: Yeah, so just leave it alone. Uh, all right. So the next movie that we will be talking about on Cinescape uh, Movie Reviews is going to be Alien Covenant. Alien. Um, I've tried to stay away from the reviews. I mean, a few things have popped up. I haven't but, watched
0: any of it. I refuse to.
1: But, um, you know, some... But, I mean, look, the, tr- the trailers tell me that I, I might we might not be seeing much of anything new, but I hope I'm wrong. Um, I hope it's fucking awesome. I hope that really Scott knows what he's doing and that he really wanted to do this more than Blade Runner for a reason. So, um, anyway, we will talk about that next time on Cinescape Movie Reviews. I uh, am Joe Spiegel. Oh, you're, you're done? Yeah, we have nothing else to talk about. You don't want me to van for time. Van for time. So, um, sorry. <laughs> I want to just say goodnight, salutations, and catch you on the flip side. Okay, then let's do that. All right, so, Joe Spiegel, Mike Sutherland. Mike, mm, yeah, okay. Adioche. <laughs> Adioche? <laughs> yeah. All right. It's like Arrivederche mixed with adios. Arrivederche. Sounds like a, a a platter I'd like to try. Adioche? Yeah. So, sounds... Aliochi. I fucking sounds it, tasty. someone steals that. I'm I'm going to I'm going to get I'm going to get We so are on it. <laughs> All right. Bye. Oh, sorry. Power's booth died. So I just want to say sorry. Well, bye. There we go.
0: <laughs> good show. Jolly good show. Jolly good
1: show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches. This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle. That's what I call it. My handle. You can
0: tweet me at. You can send me a tweet at.
1: You can tweet me at. You can follow me. Fuck off. All right. Yeah.
0: Follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow
1: would be better. You can follow me on Twitter. You can Twitter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me,
0: it is at- What about you? MPS 5150, because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast.
1: Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah. Yes. All you what do? button?
0: The little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless,
1: it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah, Click anything that says share.
0: Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We Sp- prefer Facebook, but you know.
1: Bread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love, and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't.
0: I take showers. <laughs> well, what is that one? Pr- show the balls.
1: <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> <laughs> shower, yeah, share, share, share the show. Share the hell out of it.
0: Share. <laughs> sure. ah, give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. Hmm. The end. Benito! The end I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust!
1: I go fuck yourself.